from Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio, focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob. It's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour as we launch our 24th year on the air. And thanks to everyone who has helped us get here. Much appreciated. And we're pleased and uh, uh, honored to welcome in Sylvia Andrade Reyes, who is the uh, coordinator of Family and Respect Life Ministry for the Diocese of Sacramento. Sylvia joins us by phone. Sylvia, good day to you. Hi, Bob. Thank you so much for having me. Well, good day to you as well. Yes, I appreciate you being with us. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And uh, you're here to tell us all about uh, uh, Rachel's Vineyard. That is correct. Tell us, uh, for, for those that truly are, are unfamiliar with this, and I, I know every, uh, all the time we get new listeners and uh, uh, maybe people that this has never been a part of their life, t- talk about Rachel's Vineyard, what it, what it is and what it what it's designed to do. So, yes, um, Rachel's Vineyard is a, a beautiful retreat. It is uh, three days, two nights. Um, and basically the way it works... Um, you know, most of the time, it's people who have been, um, in one way or another, affected by abortion or miscarriage, uh-huh. um, or a miscarriage. So it can be uh, a man or a woman. You know, it doesn't matter who it is. Sure. And most of the time, it's someone who is going through the grief, um, sometimes shame and um, guilt. And this is an opportunity to basically begin a healing process or a healing journey. And, and um, go, ahead. go ahead. Yeah, and I was just going to say, also, um, there's been testimonies. I actually lived my retreat um, just this past August, and, you know, there were testimonies not only at that retreat but other retreats, too, that um, it is life-changing for some people. Mm-hmm. And and the goal is is healing. Correct. Yeah. So healing, um, you know, just understanding that, you know, um, we're all imperfect. You know, God is loving and merciful, and this is uh, an opportunity to to find that peace. And you know, without going too much into detail, you know, the Holy Spirit is there the entire time working in all of our hearts, you know, um, to, to give us the peace that we need from whatever grief or trauma that we've been through in our life. Yeah, yeah, beyond, you know, whether it's abortion or miscarriage or, or uh, loss of some kind, uh, uh, they're, they're at all, all moments of our lives. Yes. In good times and struggles. That's right. Yes. So, yes. So, explain how the how the retreat. Right, it is residential. Uh, you 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 do spend a couple of nights. Um, are, and and everything is is completely confidential, including just if you call just to inquire about you know, um, Rachel's Vineyard. That, that is right. Yes, we keep everything confidential from the moment. Someone emails us or calls us, which everything gets directed to, to me, whether it's via email or, or in a um, voicemail. And, um, you know, I, I take note. I um, talk to the person who's called, talk about, the, you know, some details, right, about the retreat, and ask a few questions just to know more about, you know, um, if this is a good fit for them or not. But... You know, we don't turn anyone away. We are um, always trying to help, you know, whoever is co- being called to attend, trying to help them um, make sure that they're here. So we also have sponsorships, you know, for the, mm-hmm. for the yes, Nobody be turned away for lack of uh, funds. Exactly, yeah. So we always just try to, you know, confidentiality is number one, and then, you know, all the other challenges that come along, um, we try to work out. Um, you know, and have a solution for it. And of course, we we pray for the participants. Any any person that registers, we start praying for them before the retreat, weeks before the retreat. And 
And after the retreat, those who have lived it are um, asked, you know, if they want to participate in the future uh, retreats, whether it's on team or by praying for the future ret- uh, participants. So uh, of, of those that contact you, uh, either, you know, voicemail or email, um, do a large percentage of those end up coming, or is it, is it more they're just sort of curious and, no, no, that's probably not for me? Or maybe they're calling because they know somebody in that situation and they're hoping to maybe convince them that this would be a good thing for them. Um, I would say a good 80% of the people who call or email me attend themselves. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other 20% is someone that is, you know, trying to get information for a friend or someone else. Uh, but most of the time, it, these are, um, it's usually the call comes from the person who's actually going to attend the retreat. Mm-hmm. 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 So, you know, it's, um, it's very special. It's a very special time. Uh, the re- entire retreat is basically, you know, we, we, without going into detail, you know, it's all scripture from the Bible and, you know, we use a lot of um, kind of like a, a little bit of the meditation, you know, and um, yeah, and we give support on the team. We have people who are there to give undivided attention to each one of the participants and, you know, um, just help them through the coping and through the process of, you know, starting the, the, healing, the healing journey. And, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but many of those counselors, for want of a better word, uh, have been through that experience themselves. That is right. Yeah. Yes. Which is got to be very, very helpful. So, and, and maybe understanding everybody's unique, of course. Everybody's situation is is different, and but you know they're there for a, a common purpose, a common reason. The those who. Obviously, it, it, it has a very strong religious element, but you, you accept everybody. That is right. We accept anyone who wants to come, regardless of creed and regardless of their background, religious background. Mm-hmm. Wow. So explain, explain how, how it works. People come on a Friday, and it's, it's up in Auburn, is that correct? Um, so we have a few facilities. Um, the most... Uh, the one in Auburn is the most commonly used, but we uh, do plan on using other retreat facilities in the area. Um, at this point, it's kind of to be determined. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, they would come. You know, once they register, we send them email, and I'm in communication with the participants or the uh, people who are registered at that time, and I let them know, you know, what they need to bring, what time they need to be there at, the address of the location. But we also try to keep uh, the location itself um, confidential just because, you know, for, for the confidentiality piece for each participant to feel safe in the environment. So, so we try not to um, share that too much in advance. Mm-hmm. You know, but we do we do communicate with the participants and let them know, you know, the time. Most of the time, it starts at 1 p.m. Um, it starts at 1 p.m. on Friday, and then um, it's and they usually, get they get there on their own. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. They sometimes you know a family or, sure. or a, a family member or a friend might bring them, but yeah, they they have to get themselves to the center. And then there, uh, we provide everything. You know, we, we provide the room, the food for the weekend, and basically all the hospitality. So, so, so they, they, they arrive at one. Maybe uh, give us just sort of a walkthrough of what, what will go on. So, um, I'm thinking again, of uh, people listening that maybe they're in that situation or they have a family member or a friend that they think it could be helped, but they're, but they're unclear as to, you know, what happens. Yeah, so without going too much into detail, because it would be better if they come and actually live the retreat. Sure, <laughs> right, um, correct. We do, <laughs> we do um, you know, we receive them around 1 p.m., and we have an introduction, and then um, 
you know, we do some activities, then we have dinner together, and after dinner we um, have a few more activities, and then we call it a night. So Friday is, um, you know, not too long. It's pretty. It's a pretty short day, so we try to um, get them started with the again the the healing process and um, you know just comfortable in the area and the facility and with us and you know kind of just build and connect with each other. Mm-hmm. And then on Saturday um, we have a day full of activities, and of course we incorporate our our um, meals of the day and we take some breaks throughout the day and um on and uh, on sunday it's um it's again a short day because you know we we have to be out by i think four or five p.m um so we we again you know just go over um what we learned in the last couple of days kind of a, a recap and um and yeah, it gets really emotional. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so what I can say is, anyone who who is interested in coming, you know, just know that there's going to be a lot of emotions um, bubbling up, you know, and memories and things that are are difficult. But throughout the entire weekend, you know, the team is going to be there to support you and help you again get through that moment, that difficult moment, so that you can start healing and. Um, you know, just receive the love and, and mercy of love of God. That's beautiful. So, obviously, it, it can benefit everyone, but what kind of feedback, if any, do you get from people who have participated? So, um, you know, the most common uh, feedback I get is that it's it's uh, life-changing. Mm-hmm. It's life-changing for some um, participants, you know, um, depending again their situation, um, and everyone's situation is different. But it is life changing. It is um, something that they had been waiting for for years. And even though some participants have already, you know, either had therapy, reconciliation, or some sort of um, opportunity to to, you know, um, kind of just express these feelings, these emotions that, that they have. Um, the, the retreat is, you know, three days away from your daily life, away from, you know, all the other things that, that you, that people normally worry about on a mm-hmm. day-to-day basis, mm-hmm. right? So it's an opportunity for you to just focus on that, um, on that trauma or that pain, that grief, if you will. And, um, and so, so yeah, it's a, the feedback that I get is that it's a, something that they had been waiting for for years and, um, and are just very fortunate and blessed to, to have lived through it. So are the, uh, some people, maybe it's, it's been a long time since the abortion? Yes. Yeah, sometimes it's been, I mean, over 30, 40 years. Wow. Yeah. And some people actually have never had an opportunity to talk about it. Sometimes when they come to the retreat, it's the very first time um, that they actually have an opportunity to, you know, um, just kind of reflect back on that moment and, and actually talk about it. Uh, it's it's uh, obviously, um, it's the grace of God. Um, I presume... Talk a little bit about about how you incorporate the religious element into it, or the Catholic element into it. Absolutely, yeah. So we, um, like I mentioned earlier, you know, we have the we use the scriptures from the Bible, you know, the scripture, and um, and we also celebrate Mass on both Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. And um, there is an opportunity. Uh, for those who want to go to confession, there's an opportunity throughout the retreat. Um, now, it, it does, you don't have to, um, uh, you know, go to the re- reconciliation if you're not Catholic, but we also offer an opportunity for um, those who are not Catholic to speak to a priest, mm-hmm. you know, if, if they would like to do so. so. So, yeah, we definitely incorporate our faith and our 
um, you know, we celebrate the Mass Saturday and Sunday, so. And yeah. how, how large is the group generally? Generally, um, there is no minimum. I don't know what the, the least um, amount of participants in the past that we've had has been, but I do know that the most has been, I think, 16, and we mm-hmm. try to keep it at no more than that just because, you know, again, we want to make sure that we're providing all the support all and right. the one-on-one, you all know, right. uh, time with, with each participant. Is this a nationwide uh, program? Um, it is. It is, it is uh, offered in various parts of the country. Um, here in Sacramento, I believe we are the only ones offering it in the area. Mm-hmm. And it's Rachel's Vineyard the weekend, but it's all part of Project Rachel, is that correct? That is correct. And, and what does Project Rachel encompass? Um, well, you know, there is a website. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but people can certainly Google it. Yeah. Rachel's Project, um, I believe. It might be rachelsproject.org, but I'm not 100% sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the website, you know, there are different resources. There are, you know, testimonials, videos. Um, even uh, recommendations on literature, you know, some books that people can um, purchase and read, and it'll help them with their journey. So you, are, we were talking with Sylvia Andrade Reyes, who is the director of the Family and Respect Life Ministry. Um, this uh, project, Rachel, is certainly uh, part of of your ministry. Talk talk a little bit about about. Uh, what else uh, th- that ministry encompasses? So, um, I, so I coordinate the, the retreat, and I also coordinate for the, um, I'm the operator for the Gabriel Project. Mm-hmm. And um, so those are the two things that I'm responsible for currently. And, um, you know, they're both, they kind of go hand in hand. Sure they do. Gabriel yeah. Project is more like, you know, helping moms who are pregnant and are, you know, in need, in dire need of, you know, whether it's uh, spiritual support, prayer, or, you know, any other, anything else that they might be lacking. Sometimes it's financial assistance, um, you know, just transportation at times. So it, it, it depends. But we are, you know, the Gable Project is a ministry that's, pretty much established by each individual parish, and um, actually over the weekend we were at St. Basil in Vallejo, mm-hmm. California, you know, um, getting people, getting volunteers, you know, so we call it like a sign-ups weekend, mm-hmm. where everyone comes, and if they want to be a part of it, they sign up, and then we have an orientation, and we go over the details on, you know, what the angels do to help each mom in their community, and there's a phone number, it's a 1-800 number. Um, is it okay if I give Absolutely, that out? yeah, that'd be great. It's one eight hundred nine one zero zero one nine one. Very good. Yeah, explain a little bit about Project uh, uh, the Gabriel Project. I, I know that uh, in, in the last year or so, the, the diocese has sort of taken over the coordinating of of this, rather than have it just be a, kind of separate, if you will. Um, how's how's that working out? Yeah, so it's it's working out pretty well. Um, you know, we're we're kind of um, at this point we've been sharing a lot of best practices from different um, parishes. So basically, I'm the project coordinator out of the diocese, but then we have the uh, coordinators out of each parish, and they kind of have a leadership role in their community. And then um, anytime a mom calls that number, or anyone calls that number, I um, receive an email or I receive the communication. And um, depending on where the mom is located, I will send that over to the parish coordinator. So let's suppose they're in, you know, Sacramento. I send them to St. Philomene's. Let's say that's the closest mm-hmm. neighbor project to the mom. And then the coordinator there then we'll pray over um, that, you know, once they receive the email, they will pray over it, 
and either call the mom themselves or assign it to an angel. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, once they call the mom, they pretty much go over, like, what her needs are, what, why she called, you know, and, and if they can meet, they arrange a meeting time and location with her. And um, basically they come together as a, as a team of angels to help her walk throughout the entire pregnancy, help her walk through her pregnancy, and just help her with resources. So how do people in need of, the, of what the Gabriel Project offers, how do they find you? How, is, is it just people in the parish that hear about it, or is it people out in the, in the community in general? So it's in the community in general. Um, and again, they don't have, the moms don't have to be Catholic to come to us because we uh, typically begin uh, a ministry at a parish by putting up a sign. Mm-hmm. And we put up a sign that says um, something like, you know, are you pregnant? Are you worried? Afraid? Please call this number. That might be a sign out on the lawn of the parish that's highly visible. Yes. Yeah. Usually mm-hmm. it's on the lawn somewhere facing mm-hmm. the street. And so, you know, when a mom drives by or walks by or someone might sure. tell her about it, then um, she calls us, and that's where it all kind of gets initiated. Mm-hmm. So take us, take us through the steps from the, the, the person in, that, that needs this. Um, they've, they've heard about it. They've seen the sign. Um, where do they go from there? So once they call us, um, you know, we, we make it a point to call them back within 24 hours, at the most 48 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so we try to be quick to respond because there have been situations, and I've only been doing this for four months, but I know in the past there's been situations where a mom has an appointment to go to an abortion clinic, mm-hmm. and she sees our sign and calls and, you know, is kind of hoping for a some response. sort of sign. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, some sort of miracle or sign, right, right. That, um, that she's not alone. And so that's kind of what we try to do. As soon as we call her, we pray with her, and we just let her know that, you know, we are um, someone whom she can trust. And um, once we establish, you know, it takes a, a few calls or a few visits with her to establish the trust mm-hmm. portion of it. And some moms might just really simply just need um, a ride, you know, to places because they don't have a vehicle. Some moms need a friend, you know, they need someone to, that tells them, hey, you're going to be all right. It's not the end of the world, you know. It's 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 a gift to, to be able to bring a child to the world, you know. Right. And so, um, so it just kind of depends on the situation. Again, it's a case-by-case, you know, scenario. So, um, so what we what we do is just try to supply them with all the help that we can give them and all the support. And, of course, each parish has different um, team members with different, um, with a variety of gifts and talents. So, you know, um, so at some parishes they have meetings every week. You know, the Gable Project Angels, they have meetings every week. And then, you know, that they kind of team up in helping the mom. And so, yeah, basically they don't, um, they don't, they're very independent. But then there's some other um, parishes that, that, you know, team up with other parishes because they don't have all the resources. They may only have a couple of angels. And so, um, you know, it also depends on the, um, on how they collaborate with other ministries like St. Vincent de Paul or the Knights of Columbus and things like that. So, um, so you know, it just it's very, again, very kind of customizable sort of assistance that we provide, and it depends on the um, the parish and, and what resources they can offer. But we all kind of within our diocese, we all kind of work together to help each other out, so that we're providing everything um, that we can for that mom. Are there? Are there things they they request that they they feel they need that you just can't fulfill? Um, so there has been an instance in the past where a mom, I don't know if she just didn't understand um, what we do, but she wanted us to pay 
rent every month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and we just can't do that. We just don't have the means sure. to do that. Sure. You know, and we're trying to help her help herself. We're not trying to, you know, um, make it harder for her in the future. Right. Right. So um, that would be like a an unreal expectation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So there are certain things that we don't, you know, we can't, we just can't do it. But, you know, we, we, again, depending on the circumstance, we might um, ask them to go to the uh, Sacramento Life Center mm-hmm. or Bishop Gallego's uh, maternity home, you know, just depending on the situation. Or so, even St. Vincent de Paul, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what can you provide for, for an expectant mom? So we've helped them with, you know, diapers, with, again, transportation. Um, help, we've helped them um, with scheduling appointments to the doctor. We've um, helped them with car seats because babies are not at the hospital. They don't release a baby until there's a car seat there. Uh, I, I know that very well. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you have to know how to <laughs> properly s- strap them in there, too. <laughs> yeah, that's, it took that's me about six tries. <laughs> yeah, so so you know those are some of the things that we help with, but primarily we we help with the spiritual aspect. You know, we pray with them, we pray for them. Um, usually, after uh, a coordinator or an angel has confirmed that they received the email to call one of the moms. I will immediately send an email to all the angels in throughout the diocese and ask them to pray for, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, for that mom and, and the parish helping her. So prayer is very important, you know. Um, uh, some of these moms, and I know there's a testimony, and I'm really bad with names, but there was one coordinator who told me um, when they helped a mom, about a mom they helped, and at the end, you know, years later, she was still going to Mass and teaching her her babies about, you know, the Catholic faith mm-hmm. and and to believe in God and pray and, you know. So basically there's there's a little bit of, of um, what's the word, Evangel- evangelization? Evangelization, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. in, yes, in the process. So, so, yeah, that's what we do for the Gable Project. And as you can imagine, some of the moms who come to us may have had a, an abortion in the past or, or a miscarriage, mm-hmm. right? And so um, we refer them to the uh, Rachel Vineyard Retreat at that point. So how many different parishes have a, a Rachel's, I mean, a, a Gabriel project? Um, I need to go back and, and reconcile the list. But right now it's looking like um, somewhere between 60 and 70 oh, wow. parishes. Yeah. Boy, that's yeah, great. Yeah, it is. We just added three new ones um, in Vallejo, uh, St. Catherine, St. Vincent, and St. Basil. Mm-hmm. And uh, St. Dominic and Venetia is also semi-new. They, they came out, um, you know, they started their, their Gable project there, um, I believe it was August. And um, right now we are reestablishing Auburn and, um, you know, St. Teresa, St. Joseph, mm-hmm. and then uh, Roseville here with Tate Rose and St. Clair. In fact, last night I, um, or yeah, I just had a uh, orientation there at St. Clair for some new angels. So, you know, we're getting the momentum. <laughs> so, so if somebody is is listening and and their parish doesn't have this, um, but they're they're, you know, interested uh, that maybe getting this started, what, what what would the steps be that they would need to take? They would need to uh, give me a call, mm-hmm. first and foremost, um, so that, you know, I can put them on our list. Um, and my phone number is 916-733-0156. Mm-hmm. And they can call me there. And if I don't answer, just leave me a message. I am um, only working part-time for the moment, so sometimes I don't answer my phone. But um, I am, you know, I'm the main point of contact to get it initiated but after one time once i get that call then we can work together to talk to the parish staff and you Mm -hmm. know obviously get the blessing from um their pastor make sure that he's okay with um us bringing the the gable project as a minister to their parish and once um that is done then 
we move forward to to you know um, schedule a signups weekend and um, get the sign pretty much ordered and installed and yeah we go from there. Very good, very good. And how many people in a parish is it sort of a minimum to get a a, a, a Gabriel project going? Yeah, we would need at least twelve. Okay, at least okay. Twelve people. Mm-hmm. So Great question, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm thinking. I don't know if it's four or five or if it's fifty. You know, it, it, uh, that's that's great. Well, that's that's uh, uh, it's it's wonderful, wonderful stuff. You know, it's it's where our church, our faith, really uh, where the rubber meets the road, if you will. You know, we we're not just preaching; we're we're doing. Uh, yeah. I guess uh, uh, we not just talking the talk; we're walking the walk. And. Hey. <laughs> I, I really like that, you know, and I know so many people do. You, they, our church is uh, just out there in the world, trying to make the world a better place. And certainly, yeah. the uh, the Family Respect Life Ministry and the Gabriel Project and the the uh, Rachel's Vineyard and all of that is all part of it. So, Sylvia, awfully good to talk with you. I hope our paths cross again soon. Thanks for all the great work you do. Thank you. Thank you so much, and uh, God bless you and your family and everything you do as well. God bless you and your family, too. Thanks so much, Sylvia. That's Sylvia Andrade Reyes, who is the Family and Respect Life Coordinator for the Diocese of Sacramento. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back with more with the Bishop's Hour right after this. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at the thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Your donations help to fund the many projects of the St. Vincent de Paul Society throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Do such wonderful, wonderful work, and the thrift store is uh, one of the the ways they uh, raise the funds to help people throughout the diocese, and also uh, many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need. You can uh, give them a call. They will come pick it up as well, but you can uh, give them a call. They're at 916-972-1212. And remember, again, the thrift store is open uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, individual spiritual direction, and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrus Heights. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and long-standing support of the Bishop's Hour. We'd like to thank all the wonderful people and organizations, uh, businesses in town uh, and throughout the Diocese of Sacramento who have provided underwriting for the Bishop's Hour. Uh, some in the last few years, some uh, have been with us for a very long time. If you would like to be an underwriter for the Bishop's Radio Hour, uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to to support this mission and also to support the diocese and also uh, to get some uh, recognition for uh, your organization or for your business. The easiest way to do this is to uh, give us a shout, send us an email, radio at scd.org, and we can give you all the details about uh, helping to underwrite the Bishop's Radio Hour. Again, that's radio at scd.org. This is Deacon Kevin Stasco, the Director of the Office of Youth and Young Adult Ministry and Family and Faith Formation, and you're listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunning. Thank you, Deacon Kevin, and uh, thanks for all you do. Uh, wearing so many hats here in the Diocese of Sacramento. Well, we're going to take a little trip out to Carmichael, to St. John the Evangelist Parish, and we welcome in Pat Holvis. Uh, Pat, good day. Good to talk with you. Well, it's 
wonderful to talk to you again and a pleasure uh, to pass this information on to your vast audience. Well, Pat, um, <laughs> it seems like we talked with you about once a year, and <laughs> but it also seems like the last time we talked was about a month ago. So <laughs> time flies. It sure does. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about this. It's just this great event Uh, uh it just I, I when I see the flyer for it, I, I I feel like it's Christmas already. Wonderful. Well, we coincide this event usually with the first Sunday of Advent, and it's always the first week in December. The dates this year for our annual craft fair, and we call it the Holiday Show of Hands, is December second, third, and fourth. This three-day event boasts 150 vendors. Oh, my gosh. And, yeah. What's great about that is um, I'd like your audience to know that this is not a small little boutique. Our entire campus turns into a holiday extravaganza. It occupies five buildings and ten classrooms. Wow. So plan on spending a couple hours having a wonderful time shopping. So, you know, craft fair. Um, talk about with 150 vendors, uh, uh, the, the old expression, everything from soup to nuts. Um, it's got to be <laughs> soup and nuts and a whole bunch of other stuff, uh, certainly that are non-edible. Well, you've hit the nail on the head with uh, nuts and bolts. <clears throat> we actually have expanded one of our areas this year now that the COVID restrictions have been lifted. We have expanded our gourmet pavilion, and that is a place where shoppers can actually go in and take home wonderful packaged gifts for the holidays. And one of the highlights of this area is that many of the vendors offer free tasting. Mm -hmm. And the most popular thing there is something edible. People line up. You buy tamales. Oh, sure. They're fresh, homemade, and they take them home and a lot of times freeze them and serve them on Christmas Eve. So a Christmas tradition like no crafts, other. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Beside the arts and crafts, there's, there's uh, many different features of this event. Um, we uh, actually uh, have uh, a food court opened. Um, and some of the special areas of the craft fair are a man cave where there are gifts for men, a beauty boutique for the ladies, an arts and antiques and collectibles room is very, very popular. Um, there is something there for everybody. Santa's there uh, for the children to visit on Saturday and Sunday from 11 to 2. And some of the crafters even feature toys and books for children. And I'm just imagining you get pretty big crowds. Oh, we do get a big crowd. And, you know, our parking lot does get a little jammed up, but we do offer a shuttle service going from St. John's, which is on Locust and Hackberry, uh, and the shuttle service just goes two blocks away to the Elks Club, and we have extra parking there. Oh, great. And the Elks Club is located on Hackberry and Cypress. So if the parking lot looks too crowded, just uh, drive down there, and a shuttle will pick you up and bring you over. That's great. I know. Right where Hackberry is, I always remember Hackberry when I see it when I'm driving because I have a Hackberry tree in the front yard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, there's. There's um, a lot to see, a lot to do. Um, we've even added a little feature this year for the Gourmet Pavilion that when people go in, they can register to win a $100 gift card. Oh, wow. So that's, that would be fun to shop with on Christmas, wouldn't it? Yes. Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I want to hear more items from the Gourmet Pavilion. Um, what, okay, what, in the Gourmet Pavilion, um, there are things like... Uh, Oh, let's see, spices, pastas, different kinds of baked items. Mm -hmm. This year we have a couple new vendors actually in that room. One of them is selling um, honey, another 
selling jelly, mm-hmm. and uh, Boulevard Coffee is going to be offering their wonderful coffee, and they're a, a Carmichael-baked business. So, um, yeah, there's there's a lot to a lot to taste in there, and a lot to take home. Uh, are are most of the people like sort of small business people, or or are there major corporations that are bringing well, things to? Mostly, they're small business mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is great Many exposure. Many vendors to only do our show, and you know they are. One of the great things is, is the majority of the items sold at this craft fair are actually handmade. So mm-hmm. that makes it pretty special. Yeah. Wow. That's that's. Uh, and what's it, what's in the food court? Just for people that are in the food court, there is uh, oh kettle corn, popcorn, hamburgers. Uh, let's see what else is there. Oh, pizza. We have pizza this year, a wood-fired pizza oven. So, yeah, a lot of people just, sit, you know, we have picnic benches set up, and they just sit around and visit. Usually the men and kids do that while the women shop. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a, a TV set up for the men to watch the 49er uh, game? Actually, thank you for reminding <laughs> me about that. We have a special area. That's called the Irish Pub, Mm. and there is a TV in that area. But what's special in that area is we serve Sister Margaret's famous Irish coffee. Oh, man. I'm going to send my older sister. She (laughs) loves Irish coffee. Oh, well, they're wonderful. They really are great. You know, we also have a silent auction going Mm -hmm. on on center stage during this, Mm -hmm. and uh, that's always been a very popular uh, place for people to bid on things so there's just a lot to see and a lot to do and it's just you know a fun-filled three-day event so it starts on december 2nd yes now december 2nd is a friday from four until nine Mm -hmm. friday night is the only night the only day we charge admission Mm -hmm. Uh, we charge ten dollars from four to five and $5 from 5 to 9. This is called an early bird. Saturday and Sunday are free. There's no charge on either Saturday or Sunday. And Saturday is 9 to 5 and Sunday is 9 to 3? That's correct. So That's correct. The, the, the $10 or the $5 charge is because they're getting first dibs, is that right? Yes, yes. You know, mm-hmm. we started that years ago because so many of the parents' children's are involved in sports on Saturday, and they always felt like they needed to get there uh, too late. So that's, yeah, that's yeah. one of the reasons we started that. Mm. And there are a lot of serious people out there who love craft fairs. So. Oh, boy, I'll tell you. I, uh, my wife's one of them. Well, so. good. Just tell her to bring her check, your checkbook or cash. <laughs> <laughs> she'll, bring, she'll bring her checkbook, and uh, I'll sit in the TV room. <laughs> ah, there you go. Yeah. Oh, that's... You know, one other thing I'd like to point out is that <clears throat> this fundraiser is vital to our school economy, and every penny that is made at this, every bit of profit, goes to the running of St. John the Evangelist School. Very good. So you 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 charge a vendor a fee, and you also uh, you sell concessions, and you, so that's right. That's how we you make actually your money. charge the vendor a fee to be there and sure. a ten percent sales commission. Right, right. So right. Very common. Yeah. Yep. You know, another thing that we do during this event is um, something special to St. John the Evangelist Church. We run a little gift shop in the church, and it will be opened on Saturday from 9 to 5, and we sell religious items. There's a group of ladies from the parish who do this in memory of the sisters of Trolley, who used to be at our parish, and it was their wish that people had a place to buy rosaries and prayer books and religious items. So that's another thing that um, your customers can take advantage of. Is your parish the one that that has Trolley Hall? Yes. Uh Yes, yeah. Yes, it is. Uh-huh. Uh, such a good Irish name. It is. It, it, I've been to Trolley. It's lovely. <laughs> yes, yes. So, well, this is just, this is just. Uh, I'm I'm so glad you called, Pat, because uh, I know I know this is a, it's a huge fundraiser for the school, and that's great. But it's a a huge fundraiser for the rest of us. It sure is. Well, so we hope you will all join us on December second through the fourth, and 
help us carry on this wonderful holiday tradition. Pat, let me ask you one final question. I know mm-hmm. that you, you line up your vendors quite a bit ahead of time, but I'm sure there's a few people listening right now who would like to be a vendor. Uh, explain how that works. Okay. Our, one thing about our show is it's juried, which means we look at things before they come in. We just sure. don't take we don't really take a lot of manufactured items or anything like that. We have a jurying process uh, that takes place the first Wednesday in March. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> we usually take in about 20 to 25 new people at that jurying, and they just bring a sample of their work, and sure. if we can fit them into the show, we do. And I think people can go online and... Uh, Check the school website, and it tells you how to be a vendor, and it tells oh, you good. about that jury. Very good. Does the website also talk about the 150 vendors? I didn't quite get that. Well, you have 150 vendors. Will they all be listed on the website if somebody goes there? No, they are not. No, we, we that just... <laughs> Too much you work. Know, they kind of, sometimes <laughs> people cancel for a reason. Sure. They, you know, they switch around, so we don't, we don't list the individual vendors, no. How early do I have to get there to get tamales? Uh, we open at 4 o'clock on Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they, they have uh, plenty to go around for the weekend. They, they are aware of um, how, popular how popular it is. They are, sure. Yeah. Wow. Well, Pat, it's a, it's a joy to talk with you. Thanks for all the great work you do to put this thing together, you and your committee. And uh, uh, I know it's going to be another roaring success. It takes a village, but you telling all your vast audience about this really helps us, and we really appreciate the work that you do. Oh, thanks so much. Well, God bless mm-hmm. you and everybody there and your family, and we'll look forward to our paths crossing again soon. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks, Pat. That's mm-hmm. Pat, Pat Holbus uh, from uh, St. John the Evangelist. The address is 570 Locust in uh, Carmichael. Again, it's uh, December 2nd. 4 to 5 p.m. is $10, 5 to 9 p.m. is $5, and that's the only time there's a charge, and that's just because people that uh, get there early are going to get first first shot at everything. And then December the 3rd, which is a Saturday, December 2nd is a Friday, December 3rd is a Saturday. It's The uh, craft fair is a holiday show of hands. is uh, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., and it's free. And Sunday... December 4th, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. It is also free. Uh, again, at St. John the Evangelist Parish, all the proceeds uh, benefit the school, and uh, they are located at 570 Locust Avenue in Carmichael. Say the uh, uh, Diocese of Sacramento, the Liturgy Formation Series continues. Uh, the uh, Worship the Lord in the Beauty of Holiness Uh, presented by the Diocese of Sacramento Liturgical Commission, the Office of Worship, and the Office of Family Family and Faith Formation. It's a six-part series. Uh, They've already had uh, a couple of them, but there there are four more remaining. The purpose is to promote the fully conscious and active participation of all the faithful by forming qualified liturgical leaders to achieve beautiful and dignified liturgies according to the teachings of the Church, Drawing upon sacred scripture and primary liturgical documents, this series offers a comprehensive introduction to liturgical principles and practices through selected readings, lecture, discussion, and individual projects. Practical application will be emphasized. The session three is January 21st, Principles of Liturgy 2. Session four, February 4, Principles of Liturgy 3. Session five, May the 6th, Parts of the Mass. Uh, we can all use that. And session six, June 17th, rites and preparation. Uh, you can contact Laura Lynn Solano. Laura Lynn is at L Solano, S O L A N O, L S O L A N O, at scd.org. Or you can uh, call her at 916 733 and just ask for the Diocese of Sacramento liturgy formation series um also the uh it's uh, the clock is ticking on 
signing up for World Youth Day 2023. Yeah, it's going to be 2023 right around the corner. Uh, This summer, this coming summer in Lisbon, Portugal, uh, July 29th through August the 7th. Uh, The day one is departure from San Francisco. Day two, you arrive in Lisbon and you transfer to Santiago de Compostela to your lodging, dinner at the hotel, a day of leisure in Santiago. And then on Tuesday, the day four, uh, the World Youth Day opening ceremony. Uh, Also, um, then, of course, uh, on day five, there will be Holy Mass, uh, which will be available all days, really, uh, at at St. Anthony Church in Lisbon, built over the birthplace of St. Anthony of Padua. Uh, After attending a Holy Mass, a short walk to a restaurant, where you'll have dinner with uh, Bishop Soto, um, and then... uh, uh, plenty of time too to uh, visit. Some people will probably take a, a side trip to uh, Fatima. Uh, you'd be on your own for that, though it's not part of the tour. And then uh, a catechesis, youth festival, way of the cross with the Pope. Yes, Pope Francis will be there. A pilgrim walk with uh, Pope Francis, and then finally, uh, holy the closing Holy Mass with Pope Francis and a return to San Francisco on August the seventh. Uh, it's a one all-inclusive price. For more information, contact the Diocese of Sacramento. Go to SCD, that's Sacramento Catholic Diocese, scd.org backslash World Youth Day 2023. You know, it's, it's interesting because um, over the years that we've had this show, there have been a number of— it, it, uh, World Youth Day is not an annual event. Uh, it's usually every, you know, every— uh, Two or, or or three days, if you uh, every two or three years, if you will, and you hear these stories, just uh, of of conversions, of vocations, of life changing, uh, and people come from all over the world. Uh, the World Youth Day in in Manila, I don't don't remember the exact year. Uh, Holy Mass, and th- these are estimates, of course. It may have been the largest gathering of people anywhere in the world, in the history of the world. Six million, the estimate is six million people attended Holy Mass uh, in Manila at World Youth Day. So somebody, somebody who was there uh, t- told me that the island sank a little bit <laughs> from the weight of all the people. Uh, pretty amazing, pretty amazing. And, and it's that kind of uh, miracles that you hear about from World Youth Day, uh, families who say it it uh, brought us brought us closer together as a family. It strengthened our family. It strengthened our faith. Uh, and I think it's a, you know, it, it's it's one of those events that you see people from all over the world, and it's reinforcing of your faith. You realize that it's not just your parish or just your diocese or just here in California or the country. It's a worldwide universal faith, our Catholic faith. It's, it's, uh, it's just a, a wonderful, wonderful event. Again, uh, go to scd.org backslash WYD2023. That's going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening. God bless everyone. We'll talk to you again soon. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the Mercy Foundation, enriching lives in the Sacramento region through Sisters of Mercy Ministries in health care, education, housing, and the care for the poor and elderly. For the Mercy Foundation, philanthropy is one of the most powerful expressions of compassion and love. Just as many people in our community need a hand, countless others are reaching out to them with comfort and hope. You can express your care and concern for the less fortunate with a gift to the Mercy Foundation. Uh, You can give them a call, 916-851-2700. That's 916-851-2700. And you can be confident that fully 100% of your contribution will support the Sisters of of Mercy Ministry or ministries that you choose. 
And what a wonderful treasure Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts has been for all of us here in the diocese as they uh, uh, transition uh, into uh, uh, new ownership and management. Uh, they continue to offer wonderful workshops, wonderful uh, uh, resources for the Catholic community throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Not only does Easter's provide a wide array of Catholic books, both current releases and longtime classics, but they also sponsor a number of valuable workshops and lectures throughout the year. They're, they're located at 6916 Sunrise Boulevard in Citrus Heights. Give them a call, 916-338-7272. We also receive a generous underwriting support by Crumley & Associates, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services. If you have questions about retirement, Crumley and Associates can help you with their confident retirement approach that can help define a clear roadmap to get you where you want to go. You can uh, contact them, get all the details at Crumley and Associates, 7956 California Avenue in Fair Oaks. They're at 916-638-4600. That's 916-638-4600. And we uh, are, are certainly uh, appreciative of the uh, fine and uh, long-standing support of the Mercy Foundation, of Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts, and of Crumley and Associates. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at their thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Your donations help to fund the many projects of the St. Vincent de Paul Society throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Do such wonderful, wonderful work, and the thrift store is uh, one of the, the ways they uh, raise the funds to help people throughout the diocese, and also uh, many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need. You can uh, give them a call. They will come pick it up as well, but you can uh, give them a call. They're at 916-972-1212. And remember, again, the thrift store is open uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, individual spiritual direction, and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrus Heights. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and long-standing support of the Bishop's Hour. Thank you. 